Did you know that in the last 5,618 years, that there has been only 268 years of peace? At least according to an article I read, I think on Wikipedia, so you can't really trust it. But that's 4.77% of history. And the way this article defined peace uh, was that the world was without a conflict that had at least 1,000 deaths in it. So if, if a conflict, if a war had 999 deaths, it wasn't considered a war, so it didn't make the cut. 268 years of peace. More than 4 billion people have been killed through war. If that's true, that's a fascinating statistic. People are at war right now. There's people at war around the world, and they just can't help themselves. There's something in human nature that doesn't allow people to get out of war, to stop war, to go into peace. Ever since Cain went to war against Abel, the world hasn't known a time really without killing, without death. But I want to remind us, I want to get beyond that. I want to remind you tonight that the Bible says that every single human being on earth is at war. It is active, it's lethal, it's destructive. And they're not just in war against human flesh, but they are in war against God. Every single human being. I say this, or every time you commit a sin, you're committing an act of defiance against God. Every sin we commit is a declaration of war against our Creator. And a lot of ink has been spilled over whether Islam is a religion of peace or not, whether true Islam is a religion uh, of peace, or if the radical Islamists are, are right or reading the Quran cor correctly, or uh, the peaceful ones are, who's reading the Quran correctly. And I don't want to answer that question tonight. I want to convince you of a, of a more important question. I want to convince you of a, a more important truth. And that is that there is no such thing as a peaceful human being. There is no such thing as a peaceful heart without Christ. Every human being is at war and every human being desperately needs to come to peace terms with God. The, the word jihad literally means struggle. It means turmoil. It's, 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 it's an inner turmoil in the heart of a man who is, who's struggling. It signifies hard work. And, and this, this idea of turmoil is within every heart of every human being Every human being struggles. Every human being is at war against God. And this conference has been absolutely wonderful. It has exceeded my expectations. Not only just uh, the, no the numbers that attended, the enthusiasm, the death of the ch teaching of, of the four men that served us so well before this. And my expectations were very high, and, and it just exceeded it. But I do think that this conference was really needed. And I think if anything proved the need for this conference, it was after the first session. A person that attended the conference walked up to one of the speakers. And in anger, he said this, the only way to deal with a Muslim is by looking down the barrel of a gun. And he stormed off, never to be seen again. I don't know who the man was. He wasn't a regular attender at Emmanuel. 
I'm not sure if it'd be helpful for me to know who it was. I don't know if it's good for my sanctification. <laughs> who knows what's going on in his heart if he lost someone? I don't know. But what, what is he missing? What, what's, what's he missing? What does he need to know? And I would say he needs to, he needs to read Romans 3, 23 and 24. So turn there tonight, Romans 3, 23 and 24. Because we all need to be reminded of, of these verses. Let's read it together. It says this. It says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Uh, the angry guy who, who stormed off is obviously confused. He, he, it's almost like he has a distinction between people, like he has two classes in some way. That some people are beyond help while others are okay. That you, could, you have to deal with some people a certain way and some with other people a different way. The Bible would declare that everybody's in the same camp. Everybody must be, uh, t- you know, they, they must be dealt with in the same manner. He's forgetting a simple truth, maybe the most basic Christian truth, and that is that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All humans are at war against God. And you sitting here tonight, if you're a believer, if you know Christ, you are holding the peace treaty. You're carrying the peace treaty around with you. And all you're trying to do is getting people to sign the peace treaty that God has written, God has declared, God has given to us through his word, and you're trying to implore people, beg people to sign the peace treaty. What this man is feeling to remember or to know is the fact that, yes, a Muslim desperately needs Jesus. And a Muslim is at war against God, but so is his sweet grandma. His sweet grandma, who he loves, is at war against God if she doesn't know Jesus. She's desperately prideful and in desperate need of humbling herself before a creator and trusting in his son for her salvation as well. As we look at this passage, I want you to see four declarations that an unbeliever needs to make in order to be saved. If you're a Christian today, you believe these four things we're going to say. And let me say this, it's easy to read Romans 3.23 and tune out and say, I'm gonna shut it, I'm gonna shut off. It's, you know, it's something I know, I, I have this verse memorized. But it's imperative to listen because the easiest truth to forget is that you're a sinner. Not only for your own heart, but also as you look at souls around you, around the world, around your little world that God has sovereignly placed you in, when you look at this soul, you forget that person's a sinner going to hell. It's so easy to forget that. And I take a lot of people out to share the gospel, it's my job. I can't believe I get paid to do it. I do it for free, don't tell the elders here who. And it's fascinating to me to see people and they have no idea what to say. It's their first time. They don't know what to say. And I love to teach them, so don't get me wrong. I love to teach how to do it. I don't even know how to do that. I'm learning how to do it. I went out to Cuba with Buzz Collins and I was learning a ton from him. I'm learning. 
But it's fascinating to see how many people, how many Christians who've been Christians for many years, many decades sometimes, and we go out and they don't know what to say. And I say, why? How many times in a sermon does Jesse share the gospel at some point? And he says the magic words, and if you don't know him today, dot, dot, dot. And what happens? That moment, that split second, I see Bibles getting closed, I see heads go down, I see people getting distracted, oh, what am I making for lunch? And then we go out to share the gospel and I don't know what to say. And I'm like, well, one thing we could do is when the pastor, who's the expert on how to, right, share the gospel, if he's gonna say, and if you don't know Christ today, that you would put your head up, that you take your notes out and say, okay, I'm gonna learn how to, how, how to say it better. So these are four needed reminders for us as well. These are four declarations that we want to hear our Muslim friends make, and really not just our Muslim friends, but any friend that we have, any human being who has a soul needs to make these four declarations before they die, and here's the first. It's very simple. It's I am a sinner. The first declaration you must make in order to be saved is I am a sinner. Look at what Romans 3, 23 says. It says, for all have sinned. Most people admit this, right? Most people will admit, I am a sinner. Recently, I've been asking, very, very recent, very, very uh, at the beginning of the conversation, is would you say that you are a sinner? And I'll tell you what, 90 to 99%, I don't know what the number is exactly, I didn't do the statistics, but they all say, would you say you're a sinner? They say, well, everyone's a sinner. Right away, that's what they say. Well, everyone's a sinner. It's almost like they all went to some class where somebody told them, this is how you answer if the evangelist comes to you and asks you if you're a sinner. You say, we're all, uh, everybody's a sinner. They instantly group themselves with others. But that shows a misunderstanding of how sin works. The term sinner isn't something you can overcome. It's your identity. It's your identity. 